All right, guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of The Life of Pi with me, your host, P. Young. We, and this is a podcast for TV shows and movies. So tonight, we're continuing our journey down the path of Tokyo Vice, an HBO Max mini series. I'm going to make sure things run properly here. Yep, we are good to go. All right, episode number four of Tokyo Vice. This t- episode is titled I Want It That Way. And we will get to why they named here that here in a few minutes. So, opening scene, we got Samantha. She's walking down the staircase of this beautiful looking like nightclub or restaurant. And you see all the guests and some of her girls. They look really happy and she's smiling. She's in this beautiful dress. Her hair's done and makeup. She looks absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous and then it flips out she's actually having a daydream she's in an empty building basically fantasizing and dreaming what her club is going to look like so and basically she buys it so as we know from previous episodes um the male this male guy wouldn't a male okay yeah anyways (laughs) would not sell her prop or rent her property or sell her property but I believe this woman's a female, and so she sells it to her. So we zip back over to Jake in the car. And again, as we remember from last episode, it ends with Jake being kidnapped while at the batting cages with two of his work buddies. He doesn't know where he's going. And they end up taking him to this massive house, which basically is a fortress. There's like a, like a gate. So there's guards everywhere. He's led into the house with a bunch of Yakuza-looking guys. And it turns out, he is going to the house of the Shakira Kai crime family. As we know, that's one of the main two families as the Toazawa is the other one. So he has a sit down with the leader of the family. And basically this leader discusses with him. He goes, look, he goes, I understand you're a reporter. He goes, but he goes, I need you. He goes, basically, I've been accused or it's been made set, made set up to look like I'm a police informer and that I'm giving police information and that's completely not true. And if people are made to believe that it's true for too long, my own men will make me dig my grave and shoot me in the head. He goes, so what I need you to do is find out who the mole is and let me know and find out where the leak is coming from so we can correct it because the cops... As we've seen in previous episodes, meet with him every week, basically, to discuss, you know, just what's going on. And they won't even drink his tea because they're afraid it'll look like they're taking bribes from him. So Jake is given this almost impossible task. And we all know it's because Sato knows Jake and saw Jake at the crime scene in episode three. So we then... Yeah, Jake is, yeah, he's asked to find the leak, and Sato ends up driving him. The next scene is Sato and Jake driving. Jake's in the back, Sato's in the front driving, and Jake's kind of like, dude, what the hell? You kind of you kind of screwed me here, you know? And Sato's like, well, he goes, I saw your reporter. He goes, do, you, do what they asked you to do. And then we actually have a really hilarious scene in this, in this like, two-and-a-half, three-minute scene. Um... All of a sudden, you got, you know, we got to remember, guys, 
this is takes place this is all based in the 90s the whole storyline takes place in the early to mid 90s so backstreet boys i want it that way the name of the episode comes on the radio and sato starts singing it it is freaking hilarious and jake's like really you're singing this you're singing backstreet boys you're like a thug for the Cusa. You're seeing he, and he goes, Backstreet Boys, greatest band on earth. And Jake's like, what about NSYNC? He goes, they're posers. They're not a real band. He goes, they're pretending. And then they start laughing in the scene. It like, it's, it's, it's so damn fun. Like I personally, that's, that's one of my guilty pleasures in life is actually that song. It don't know why it just is. And so him and Jake start singing the song as I guess he's driving him home. I don't know. They didn't really discuss where he's driving. I'm assuming he's driving him home. And the next scene we get is Jake meeting with Detective Katagira, you know, in a park, public setting, and basically discussing what his meeting, who he just met with, and what the meeting was about, and what happens if the head of the Shikaira Kai is killed, and, you know, Katagira is basically telling me it's like you know i gave you this folder you need to find you need to do your you need to do the research the information that i gave you and do it quickly so we can get to the bottom of who this mole is mole is before the other tozawa makes more moves to try and take over power and so in turn jake brings new leads to his boss about the two murders we've had so far well murder forced murder murder suicides and he and he shows her how they're related and that they're related to previous stories and they're all from the same loan company. He's told, telling her this again for a second time. She then tells him that there is possible relations to another previous suicide under the same circumstances. So we're starting to get more and more information, piece by piece by piece. And so one thing the show has done really well, they don't give you a whole lot of information at a time. They're making you work for it. So we're on episode four of seven, and we still aren't really to the bottom of what's truly going on. And so our next scene is Samantha is at the club, and she you know asks, talks to one of the girls. She goes, you know, let me, you know, I want to get with you outside the club. I want to talk to you about something. And as we know, Samantha is getting ready to buy her own club and open it. And so she's trying to recruit some girls. And as she's leaving, her boss confronts her and is like, listen, I know what you're doing. Nobody in this town makes any moves, especially the girls in my club, make any moves without me knowing about it. She goes, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And so we know that she's buying your club and he knows well, thinks he knows but of course she's going to deny it. You don't want your boss to know you're doing something like that. You know, especially in a foreign country, you don't, you know, and the accuser is involved in all of this. And so she leaves and is you can tell she's immediately pissed. Immediately pissed. And so we flip over to a different scene. The next following scene is Jake and his boss. And they, like they and also these two make a great team together. Uh, research and investigative wise. So Jake and his boss, they go to visit a, uh, a widow of another victim. This one is actually female this time. The two previous victims were males. So this time, 
we have a female victim. And he basically tells her the same thing. He tells them, excuse me, he tells them the same thing he's told the other two. He's that the other two have been told. You know, she was in debt with the loans, the interest rates were mounting up, and you know, harassment phone calls, and then he's kind of left with nothing after she passes. And then they get, and then he hands them some paperwork that she was given. And it gives them an address with the loan company's logo on it. So, in turn, they're like, well, let's see what we can do. So, what they do is, Jake's boss goes to this loan company as Jake waits outside. Very, very obvious that he's just sitting there hanging out. But hey, whatever, TV show. So... Jake's boss goes in there and pretends to be in desperate need of money. That she's broke and she can't pay her bills. And the guy goes, you know, here's some paperwork we need you to fill out in order to get you started. And so they go back to the newspaper office and they're going through and reading it. And that basically the way that it's set up is that these people, when they take these loans out, that in death, they sign over all their assets. So these people are harassed and basically forced to kill themselves because of the interest rates. And the, the bank gets everything back because everything signed, all their assets and everything is signed over to the bank, which is a super scuzzy thing to do. And over there, I don't know if this is actually true, if this actually happened or not, but in the show, it's pretty crazy that this is what's going down. So again, we're getting more pieces of information. And I like, because like I said, there's a lot of different storylines going on in the show. So it's hard to keep track at some points, but you said this show you have to pay attention. This one you actually have to use your brain, which I like. Some shows I like to think, some shows I don't. This one I very much enjoy because you have to use your brain and keep up. So the scene after that, we have Katagira is questioning a member of the Isodes. I'm probably butchering that name, Army about a mole inside the Chikara Kai. And so he wants to know who the mole is and how he made that happen. And the guy's like, I'm not telling you anything. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not possible. No one could infiltrate us, you know, in a mole and all that. And basically, Katagira goes, all right, you don't want to help me? You're free to go. And the guy freaks out. He goes, you can't let me go because if you let me go, my boss is going to think I snitched because I got out so quick and Katagira goes that's not really my problem I need the room and basically kicks him out so he sets him up almost forces his hand to try and get some information out of him which is actually a really smart police tactic because guess what it's not his head that's going to be on a chopping block it's this dude's and so after that we have Sato is told by the second in charge his buddy that he needs to go to visit so that he that they know about him and Samantha, like that they're like hooking up or whatever he's into her, and that he basically they know about her. They already know about her opening a new club, so he's told that he needs to go scare her and let her know that everybody pays no matter what. That's just the rules. And he goes, okay, cool, whatever. And so, sorry, I lost my place here, guys. <laughs> oh, we already talked about all that. So. Our next scene after that is Jake and his boss. Again, they're still on the hunt. They're led down the rabbit hole after doing all this paperwork that I talked about a couple minutes ago. And 
they find out they find this name who's supposed to be the CEO. And so they go to like this like just a regular apartment looking building and ask to speak with them. They're like, this is really odd that he would be here and not like, you know, a big house. You think CEO, a lot of money and everything. And then the, and the, and the lady answers the door like we speak to him. He go, the lady goes, she hasn't been able to speak to anybody for a while. And she shows him. It's just like looks almost like a guy. He's almost like very disabled and in a wheelchair, almost looking like a vegetable. And they're kind of like, oh, so he's just the name that they were using and it's basically it's a dead end so basically the accuser has covered the tracks every inch of the way which is super smart on their part but also again very scuzzy and then we flip back over to samantha samantha's got a lot of stuff going on this episode guys samantha's the wheels are starting to fall off for samantha in this episode pretty much so again as we remember from the last episode samantha met a mystery man you know and so this mystery man shows back up. They're having dinner. And she's telling funny stories. And they're laughing and everything. And then he kind of just... And he kind of brings up, you know, it's... He kind of brings up something from her past. And again, it's very bland. And that he... It basically turns out he's basically a bounty hunter of sorts. That he was paid to track her down. From her previous employer to get back the money. Apparently, Samantha stole a a pretty hefty financial sum from her previous boss and disappeared, but didn't leave Japan. And we don't know who she stole from or where it's from or anything like that. And this guy basically goes, he goes, it's my job to find you. He goes, if you run, I will find you. He goes, I already know. He talks, he, he describes bags in her hallway. He describes a red bag in the closet, a suitcase under the bed, you know, the amount of money he's going to take. That she can run wherever she wants to, but he's going to find her because his client has deep pockets. But he also says there's a way that she can get out of this and wants to know what her price of freedom is. And she goes, what do you mean? He goes, we'll discuss that later. And she gets up, storms off because she knows, again, the wheels have started to come off for her. And again, we're not really told what is happening with her besides the fact that she stole some money from a very powerful person. We don't yet know who that person is. So, after that, we're back to Jake and his boss again. Um, Jake and his boss are back at the office after the dead end, and they're discussing, you know, the dead end. And Jake's all fired up. He goes, "This is ridiculous. We can't, you know, we can't stop working on this." She goes, "It's a dead end. Don't burn out on it." She goes, "Don't burn any bridges because we might be able to come back." So basically, basically, put this on the back burner. Don't burn any possible leads or information we might be able to get later on, which is really smart because you, you don't want to push it and let people know you're still pushing for it. And they cover the tracks and the story is truly gone. So Jake and Sato are at Samantha's club and they end up talking about, you know, what his boss information his boss wants from Jake. And Jake's like, what if I can't deliver? He goes, then basically we'll have to kill you. He goes, all right, that, that makes it easy. <laughs> then Sato and Jake, um, no, we're not quite there yet. Sorry. After we got Jake's boss, she's at dinner with, I believe, some detectives. And we have a very handsy detective trying to, like, grab her, like, leg on her tail. Very disgusting stuff this guy's trying, trying to do, trying to be very 
handsy and it's just it's really gross and so basically she's trying to get information it looks like she's taken to dinner trying to get information about the girl that was killed and this girl is the victim that i talked about previously that killed herself basically because of the accused of loans and she couldn't pay him and so she killed herself and so that part is pretty gross because they're they're kind of sexual the guy's trying to like it's kind of it's, I don't want to say anything weird. It's just, it's a very awkward scene to watch because you can tell that it's just a very uncomfortable situation for someone to be in, in that kind of environment. And so, then we flip over to Jake and Sato, which is, they're basically BFFs at this point, which is really weird for a journalist and a gang member who reports on stuff to basically be buddies. So, they go out to a club and they're there for maybe a couple minutes, and Jake goes down to the dance floor. As soon as he hits the dance floor, NSYNC comes on. Again, guys, this is early, mid-90s, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, as we know, very huge back then, Spice Girls, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, Jake's like, see, I told you NSYNC is huge, and Sato basically gives him the middle finger. And then Jake starts dancing around and meets a girl, and Sato comes down to the dance floor with a girl. And then we flip over to our first look inside a male hoses club, which is basically the same thing as Samantha's club, except the beautiful men are sitting, are being paid to sit with the women. And we got Paulina, who's there with her boyfriend. We don't really know his name yet, I believe. And they're discussing her maybe, you know, find a different line of work or maybe leaving Japan altogether. And she's just not what she's wanting to do anymore. And he's trying to basically guilt over how could you leave me? You're just like everybody else. And very just like a chauvinistic thing to do, I guess, basically. And Samantha comes flying in there like a bat out of hell. Pissed. Rightfully so. Pissed. And hunts down one of the girls who also works at her club, Molly. Who was the only person she told the club to about that she was she was the first person she talked to her about and we find out that basically samantha sa says that i am so effed now you effed me so hard that you accused us breathing down my neck and that our boss knows about and that my boss and the accused know about me opening this club and now i'm screwed because you opened your mouth she's like i was trying to protect you and she basically says i don't need protection you just you kind of screwed me right before I'm getting ready to open this club. So Sato ends up taking Jake out to dinner after the club. And well, actually, I skipped over part after the club. They take the girls back to their place. And it turns out they are actually prostitutes. Jake thinks he has picked up a girl. <laughs> and after Sato hands the girl the money and the other girl the money and they, and they leave, Sato, Jake's just like, what the heck? And Sato's like, hey, my treat and so of course then they go to dinner and you know sato's asking jake about you know what's like living in america his family what he did before he came over here if same family misses him and then we see the leader of the yosawa he's walking out and sato is like don't look at him so what does jake do Jake makes a comment about his watch to get his attention. And he goes, he, he goes, you know, it's a nice, he, he goes, it's a good eye for, I, again, I won't say the word that he called him because I don't know if it's a bad word or not. I haven't had a chance to look it up yet. 
He goes, well, he goes, well, it's a good watch for a gangster. And of course, his thug jumps in his face. He's like, yo, you know, it's just, it's cool. Like, I'm just making conversation. And basically, Jake's, Jake, and then Jake proceeds to hand this man his car. He goes, you know, if you ever want to talk shop, let me know. And the guy's like, you know, he goes, he's basically like, you got some, some balls on you, you know. He goes, he goes, good reporters have lots of enemies. He goes, he goes, and you don't want enemies here. And Jake goes, so if I'm a good reporter, I have a lot of enemies. He goes, yeah, basically. And then Yosawa basically goes, tell your boss to Sato. He goes, tell your boss I said hello. And Sato's looking at Jake like, dude, what are you doing? He's just, he, he's giving that look like, come on, man. We all know that look your friend gives you. And you're like, you do something stupid. You're like, dude, come on. Be smarter. Be better. And so, yeah. And so we flip back over to Samantha's place. And we, uh, Samantha go, starts going through her place and discovers, you know, she looks in the hallway and sees the red bag that this guy was talking about. And then she looks under her bed and sees the suitcase. And she's like, holy crap. So we know that he's at least seen pictures, as we know, pictures from the outside that he's taken, they took in last episode. And then, then it continues in Samantha's place. And our last scene is Samantha sitting on her bed, opening up a jewelry box and getting out a ring that says, I think it says CTR or CLR. It was real quick. And she's holding it like it's a very important item. And again, we don't know what it is, but we can only be led to assume it has something to do with the money she stole and the man that's basically harassing her at this point to pay back the money. And he basically tells you, you have one opportunity to make this right. If you don't, things are going to get ugly. So, they leave us with that kind of a cliffhanger. So again, next episode is episode five. And again, I've already watched the series through. So episode five, things start to kick in gear. So we have three episodes left on this one, guys. And then after this, I will be starting. I decided we'll be starting Stranger Things here in, in the next week, week and a half before the second half of season four starts. I'll be covering episodes one through seven. I'm going to do a whole big episode at once instead of seven individual episodes. So if you're excited about Stranger Things like I am, stay here, stay tuned. I'm hoping to have a guest on for that one. You know, it's summer, so people are busy. But again, guys, please, you know, let your friends and family know. Show love to the show. Please like and subscribe to the video. Leave comments. Follow me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Again, if you want to talk to me or ask me questions, something you want to cover, please, you know, Hit me up, leave a comment, message, like, subscribe, all that helps me, helps the show. Again, I have other people that I work with, you never really see them because they're behind the scenes kind of stuff. So it helps us out, helps us grow the show. And again, be a huge thing for me, you know, just to keep growing the audience because I love doing this and I love talking to you guys every week. And yeah, I mean, again, thank you guys all who, who have watched, liked, and subscribed so far. I appreciate and love every single one of you. I appreciate it. And that's all I got really got for you guys this week. So, you know, be safe, be healthy, and I will talk to y'all later. And as always, I hope you've enjoyed your slice of pie.